What's up, Fight Fan? You're listening to MMA Daily, the podcast where we bring you the latest in the world of mixed martial arts. It is Sunday, January 30th, 2022, and this week's episode, it's about UFC Vegas 47, Strickland's Wild World. We'll talk about this weekend's MMA action with Bellator 273. We'll talk about the latest in MMA news. We had some fight announcements. We had some things to think about. And of course, we'll cap it off with this coming Saturday's event, UFC Vegas 47, featuring the main event between Jack the Joker Hermanson and Sean Strickland. My name is Gabriel Gonzalez, and I'm here with my co-host, Natalie Zamudio. Hello, Double G. Well, well, well. Uh, I got my hair done the other day. Well, actually, the week, uh, the Saturday that we did our the, of the fight last week, but I forgot to mention it, so I feel like I should mention it now. I got highlights in my hair, feeling pretty good, and uh, I'm ready to go. Let's do this. Do you feel like the proverbial new person, like new hair, new me kind of deal? Yeah, yeah, I did. I was like, oh, you know what? I'm looking good, finally. Have a... I have a little I haven't you know done nice things to my hair in a couple of years <laughs> so it felt good <laughs> you haven't turned into cousin it you just haven't you know style change of style you yeah, mean I've been getting haircuts just not you know flash no pizzazz so okay. now, now I'm sparkling again <laughs> okay okay well I uh, congratulations I'm glad you're feeling the new yeah, little vibe it only took two years <laughs> you know what a lot of people let stuff go in the last two years you're not alone i'm not alone yeah (laughs) um last night uh bellator first bellator event of the year and if i'm being quite honest i thought they had a very very good night um so obviously there's a lot uh there was a lot to enjoy on the undercard i think there were a couple prospects and it was a big night overall for arizona the arizona fighters certainly had a great night but it was really all about that title unifier between Ryan Bader and Valentin Moldovsky. And you know what? Um, I mean, this the fight really had, I feel, two stories. You have the fact that Ryan came out and it looked like he might actually get Valentin out of there in the first round. Just blitzed him. Connects. It looks like he might just need one or two more clean shots and that'll be a wrap in the first round. And it looked good and everything else. And instead, Moldovsky, credit to him, really pushed Bader to the limit. A lot of wrestling. Um, Moldovsky recovered, got the second round. Bader, I felt, got, you know, he got on top, got the third. I felt like fourth, back to Moldovsky. And then the fifth round, I'm not going to lie. I felt that one was just very touch and go for both men. It felt like it was still a winnable fight. Moldovsky gets it a little to the ground. Maybe you see Ryan Bader just a little more active, but I had that one too, too, going into round five. What about you? Yeah, I had it the same, and and the first round was you know was pretty darn exciting because we've seen Ryder, Ryan Bader do that before. So I thought, oh great, <laughs> let's uh let's see a quick you know, night, the ideal, right? yeah the ideal heavyweight situation. You know, in a big fight is boom, knock him out round one, round two, get something exciting. It wasn't to be, but it was good to see Ryan Bader fight the way we're used to seeing him fight, you know, in the early Bellator uh, days, which isn't that long ago. Um, but it, but it was exciting. These guys are beefy, man. I mean, you know, they're no Francis Ngannou, but they're two beefy heavyweights, and they were going after it. It was pretty exciting. But yeah, all the all the pressure was was on these guys in the fifth round, and you know, Ryan Bader was able to do enough to to get the win. 
and it was pretty exciting for him. You know, Fedor and Moldovsky, they're going to have to uh, go back to the drawing board on, on how to defeat Team Bader. But but overall, I think it was a good night for Ryan Bader, for Bellator to have their star, you know, re- hold on to that heavyweight belt. Uh, it was good to see Benson Henderson get a win. Uh, we can get into that a little bit after mm-hmm. uh, about his conversation with a certain someone in the corner there. But also I was happy to see Henry Corrales, another uh, another Phoenix guy, as you pointed out, Phoenix had big, big wins, uh, get a win there. Uh, the circumstances were a little tricky. It was yep. a technical decision, technical, unanimous technical decision. But, you know, look, he won, he won two out of three. Fight uh, rounds and, and it is what it is. That stuff happens. Eye pokes and uh, and all that kind of stuff happens in MMA. Yeah, um, Sullivan Cowley, by the way, a young up and comer on Bader's team. He got the W in the prelims, and you know the, they brought it up in the post fight press conference. But a couple months ago in October, remember it was not a good night for the uh, Arizona guys. In fact, it was you know, let's just say that uh, there were a couple fans. You know, they kind of didn't go home in the happiest mood, so to speak. But um, yeah, in terms of Bader Moldovsky, I, I thought, I'm not going to lie, it, very good fight. I, I do want to give them credit. I mean, if you are the quote-unquote casual fan and you just saw Francis wrestle Cyril Gunn, I think you were reminded last night, no, this is what heavyweight <laughs> wrestling can really look like. It's not just, you know, a couple slams and hold position. Just FYI, and mind you, that's a whole completely different context for Francis wrestling and situation compared to Ryan and Moldovsky. But you know, my point is, you know, I actually appreciated the display. I thought, oh, you know, this is a very high level grappling for mixed martial arts from the big guys in a five round fight. You don't see it that often. And that's, you know, I think they deserve credit for the fact that these are two high-level guys, and I know there's a lot of the UFC versus Bellator. No, yeah. that, that was a very grueling fight for anybody on any roster, for sure. And, you know, did I think the last few takedowns probably got it from Moldovsky? Yes. I also saw a lot for Ryan Bader, so I'm like, mm, is what it is. Great fight. I don't think you could be mad on either one when it's a close fight that's how these things might go you never know what makes the difference when you struggle to get that quote-unquote big moment that really cements the round in your favor so that's what we had um the announcement of czech congo the rematch for may 6 in paris i i'm not uh i'm not mad about the matchup i know some people thought well are they going to give ryan bader fedor again and something like that I, i'm actually glad they're not going with fedor for ryan because i think ryan was right it uh i don't know if you saw the headline but he said simply a fedor rematch is just kind of like a lose-lose either i lose it and you know that sucks and or i beat him and it's like well i got him in 30 seconds last time you can't really top that you know yeah so i like the congo fight i'm a little perplexed that, you know, the challenger gets home turf advantage. But look, I mean, Bellator, I think they're really trying to uh, make a statement by saying, hey, UFC is uh, a little slow to get back to Europe. Meanwhile, we've had London, Ireland, Paris, and now we're going back to Paris. I I think that that's uh, just a statement that they are just um, 
they have a good flow going and I think that they're just trying to show that they are a great destination worldwide, not just for a couple select markets. Um, and then in terms of the rematch, uh, I believe, yeah, 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 you were with me already for the show. I think the last fight in 19, very simply, um, was a, you'll remember it, it was kind of like a no, uh, literally a no contest, but it was really a non-event. I mean, Bader got going, they were against the fence, and then there was the eye poke that even though Congo's eye was puffy, the replay only showed Bader kind of getting the nose. Uh-huh. You'll uh-huh. remember all that uh, wackiness and, yep. you know, the fight was over in one round and they didn't rebook a rematch. Um, I will say congo has been around a while and he's won the fights. That being said, I feel like the lack of activity overall, I mean, Ryan's been, relatively speaking, way more active than Congo. Uh, I don't know. I had some questions, but you know what? These are the two top heavyweights right now, all things considered. Let's do it. Yeah, I think that's what, you know, UFC has a little bit more of a deeper well, you know, to pick from if they're in a bind for an opponent, for a champion. Um, Lots of exciting options. And, you know, they can do interim. I mean, we just saw them do it with the heavyweight division. Bellator doesn't have as many big-name players to work with, and so you have an opportunity here. You know, Czech's ranked number two. They have an opportunity to do a fight in Paris, his hometown, so you get a big crowd. Maybe Cyril Gaon, maybe the folks at, uh, I can't remember the name of his gym, but Fernand Lopez, maybe they want to swing by. You know, that's just a good opportunity to to have um, a presence in Europe, in Paris. And, uh, you know, if Ryan Bader's up for it, then there's no reason why not to do it. You just got to keep the ball rolling with uh, with that division. Yeah, my final note, I do think that uh, this is a great move for Ryan to focus on heavyweight for, let, let's say he has three or more, three to four fights where he's still at this level. Uh, I think this is a good move. I think that he's proven everything he needs to at 205 pounds that if he keeps fighting the way he did on, you know, last night, uh, I'm happy with him at heavyweight. What about you? He looked great physically and, you know, his performance. I really did like him at heavyweight as well. And I just want to see, let's just keep that train rolling. You did your thing in light heavyweight, but like he's 38 years old. You know, you got to, you got to believe that he, he prefers heavyweight these days. And, uh, and that's where he's had the most recent success. So let's just keep that train. How many times can I say, let's keep that train rolling? I mean, let's keep it, that it, train rolling, guys. Choo-choo. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Like the Blessed Express from Max Holloway. Exactly. I'm not going to lie. Uh, so I see Ryan Bader get the nod. I really had that co-main event between Benson Henderson and Islam Mamedov for Mamedov. I thought, well, you know, okay, it was one and one. Third round, Islam, I felt like just did more. And okay, it goes to Benson. And I was like, I mean... Was it a blowout round? No, but I felt like that's... I was very confident saying that was two rounds to one for Islam. Did I get a little worried? There was a little hometown hijinxing going. I'm gonna be honest slightly, just because, uh, I mean, that could have gone Moldovsky. That could have gone Mamedov. Um, it was, once again, not, you know, look, we, we've seen bad robberies. That wasn't it. But I, I did feel like, man, I, I, I thought Mamedov got that one. I thought that he Benson came in good and tough and looked strong and was doing his thing. But I just felt like Mamedov got a couple more positions. How did you see it? 
it was tricky, man. Like there's a there's a there's a problem I have when I watch Benson Henderson fights is that I have a bias that I can't really shake. I like the guy. And so when he has fights like this, which happens a lot, has happened a lot in Bellator where it's like, ah, I'm not so sure if he won that. And then he gets the nod, like earlier in the Bellator, at the start of his Bellator career. Um, I think, well, okay, you know, he got the win, but I wasn't sure. This was another one of those where it's like, ah, yeah, could have gone either way. But if I, I, how do I say it? I almost didn't, like, I didn't rewatch the third round because I didn't want to see more evidence against Benson Henderson <laughs> having lost the fight. <laughs> very fair. Yeah. I, well, I, yeah, yeah I, I think he won. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, great. <laughs> completely get what you're saying. That's a yeah. very, very fair statement to make. Um, he said that's the last fight on his Bellator deal. Uh, let's say uh, elephant in the room. Habib's there. He talks to Habib on, on the broadcast and says, maybe I'm coming. And obviously everyone is like, oh, Benson Henderson, 165 pound division, uh-huh. fights the winner Diego Sanchez and Kevin Lee. Um, by the way, if I'm not mistaken, Benson Henderson still tied technically for the most lightweight title defenses with Habib and the legend BJ Penn. And I guess also legend Habib. Let me give him his credit. But, you know, okay. You know, this suddenly the wheels are turning. Um, Completely. And and by the way, I know it wasn't on our schedule. Did you see highlights or anything Eagle FC? Well, in all honesty, no, I didn't. I didn't get around to uh, to the old Eagle FC, but um, I think you did. So you could. (laughs) Tell me what you saw. Well, uh, I'm assuming you saw uh, Karatonov won. I'm sure you saw th- yes, those yes, those yes. pop up. Rashad yes, Evans got the decision too. I saw that. I saw the results. Yeah, look pretty solid. Um, so one thing I will say about it. Um, uh, okay, I'm not gonna lie. I had another obligation. I cannot catch the event live. I did not see a reaction to it, but I will say my replay was 30 seconds off on the Flexcast app. Um, mm-hmm. So the audio, it just was... Oh, Lord. Miser- yeah. yeah, 30 seconds. You can imagine what That's that was like. But bad. I heard it was fine live. So I want to say, I want to acknowledge that. Um, I'll be honest, there were, it, it was a little uh, different. So if you've seen the photos, like a lot of the promo, they have this really wicked looking all white cage and canvas. And I was like, oh my God, you can imagine that scarlet red blood on the white. Uh, end result it's a rather standard black fence black uh i forget that the the thing the cover that covers the top of the fence the 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 canvas not the canvas the the stanchions and then how it has on the top like oh mgn grand then Uh there's fence and then there's canvas you know what i mean when you see it Uh, very simply it looked very uh well here's another cage it didn't look visually as different as you know had they kept just some sponsor logos on an all-white canvas yeah okay that's fair uh the broadcast i'm gonna i'm not gonna lie i actually felt a little jarred because they had a lot of you know they had they ended up having like chael ray flores kamaru it it felt like a thriller um broadcast like commentary because yeah. they had Kamaru and Cejudo and Chael and Ray Flores. And it was like, uh, this is a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then yeah. Henry Cejudo was running uh, post-fight interviews. And I just felt like, oh, you know, like, I understand they led with some big names. Dominance MMA. Yeah, let's be honest. Course. Legends. I mean, big. You, you got a double champ 
and the guy who's doing the best in the UFC right now on the broadcast. Uh, I get it. But I will say that it was like, oof, I don't know how you're going to replicate this recipe again for every night. So I don't know if they're planning to have all these same people every time, but I will say that I almost felt it was missing a little bit of a... You almost need like your John Anik or your Jimmy Smith anchoring some yeah. of that play-by-play. Your professional night guys, right? Yeah, and, and don't get me wrong. Obviously, Henry and Kamaru have a lot of knowledge to share when they're talking about MMA. But I will say that's the only thing I was missing. But, you know, my next note is that Eagle FC, I'm sure a lot of people are excited to make money, have what it sounds like is the freedom like hey you could do eagle fc march and then you could fight triller in august i'm yeah. sure a lot of fighters love the idea of that freedom no i'm not trying to name names but i i think and you i say that and i'm like off the top of my head i feel like i just thought of six people <laughs> um i could see benson doing it and my other thing about eagle fc is this is going to be interesting because they have a good night, right? And they had a decent, okay, good start. We had a good, you know, came in in 1080p on my phone. Yeah. High def, recognizable people. Okay. How do you keep that going? Because their next event is not in this beautiful Miami UFC veteran loaded card. Now it's back to Russia, people that most likely you are not familiar with. I'm not sure where's the how soon they're trying to like, oh, let's have the champions fight the UFC vets or vice versa, you know? So that's my one question is like, is this supposed to feel like two promotions or is the plan to really merge that soon? Because I think that'll determine a lot of how long people want to stay in Eagle FC. Does that make sense? Yeah, it definitely does. You want, you know, you want competition that your people meaning you know wherever you're from your fans recognize and you know view as competition for you and not just like who the heck's he fighting now um what was the this is gonna sound weird what was not what was the point i guess of this miami card what, what were they trying to reintroduce uh, it felt like a like a grand reopening but what was the the storyline here I think it was really about the brand, getting the brand out there to the Western audience. I think okay. that, you know, I noticed in a lot of interviews, they stressed that people felt like, oh, this is Habib in his home country, you know, Eastern Europe, around Russia, obviously, you know, areas like that. And, oh, it's just a lot of these Russian Dagestani guys fighting other, you know, like it's an Eastern European promotion. This was supposed to be like, hey, no, we are actually trying to build a a PFL and a Bellator, you know, in the United States and globally is the point. Yeah. And I think that that was it because um, they, uh, I'm, I mean, by the time the card was over, I mean, yeah. Ray Borg, you had, uh, like I said, you had Loic from the PFL. You had uh, you had so many Bellator UFC one championship veterans that I was like, okay, this is this is about as good as you could get considering you're kicking off from scratch and knowing you do have UFC, Bellator, PFL one, yeah, already fighting for talent. You know, I, I thought they had they did the best with what was on the market. Let's put it that way. All right. But I think that the point is that, oh, you know, 
they're gonna keep going with their Russian based part of the promotion for now, which I believe they have a lot of uh, several champions. I saw the video, but then eventually, I hope. Okay, now you start talking about titles and championships and because I think that's the long term goal. You want that stability. You don't want to just like, oh, well, you know, I'm kind of just spinning my wheels and then maybe another of the big dogs is interested. I don't know if that's really the point. So I do wonder when is the merge supposed to happen? You get what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I think I, I think I do. Um yeah, we'll just have to keep an eye on this. What I like the most about this so far is that 165 division and what that could mean as far as, you know, um, getting, acquiring talent from 155, 170, those those divisions that flank 165 where you always hear fighters saying, oh, man, I wish I could just fight at 165. So, you know, Donald Cerrone, I don't know what his contract's like, but you know, he's looking at retirement or something. At least that was the word a while ago, but we don't know now. And, and I'm just, you know, not that he's someone who would go, but he's an example of someone that I know would always say 165 is what I wanted. Benson Henderson probably feels the same way. So that's going to be a real key for them. And, um, yeah, a side question related to Eagle FC, though, but Felicia mm-hmm. Spencer, was she was she part of this? I thought she was supposed to be on the broadcast. I'm going to say this respectfully. As I'm watching what I did after the fact, like I um, you know, said, I did not see Miss Spencer. Okay. And I was a little... <clears throat> and I, I did wonder if she was, I'm going to say this respectfully, bumped in lieu of <clears throat> bigger names such as you know, the bad guy, Chelsonin, Kamaru. Because at the time, we weren't really expecting Kamaru. Put it this way. Two or three weeks ago, we weren't expecting Kamaru and Chael to be part of the show. Right, right. Now they were. And so I'm like, I don't know. You know, was that a judgment call? Like, hey, come listen to the, you know, the big stars from the UFC talk. I don't know. But I, I couldn't help but notice that. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, but uh, I'll say this. I wouldn't mind Benson at 165. Habib said their welterweight will actually be at 175 pounds to kind of, you know, to split the difference, go 45, 55, 65, 75, 85, and so on. I think he said 95 too, but I have to double check that. But anyway, um, I don't. I think that's a lot of people are going to like that. My final thing on everything did you see the internet reaction to Habib, team, Coach Habib, not necessarily promoter Habib? The reaction to him? Like his, his reaction, like when Islam Mamedov is getting, you know, like he's almost in the rear naked choke or yes, something. Yes, for Bellator, yes, I did yeah. see his face. Oh, yeah, he, he had his hands in his face. He was a... Uh... Either he couldn't bear to look or he, you know, I mean, pretty much he couldn't bear to look. They knew where to keep that camera. Let me yeah. tell you. Um, yeah, they sure did. Yeah. I like the one where, like, I guess it looked like it almost looked like Islam was tapping, but he was trying to punch back Benson. And it looked like Habib was getting mad. And the like the caption is like, Habib was about to flip out if Islam had tapped. <laughs> and I think it's because you remember, like, those stories, like. Habib's out there saying his mom told him if you ever uh, lose or tap out don't bother coming home and I'm like dang uh, it's like Habib really uh he took it to heart right or um you know when Islam got the when Benson got the decision and people were like Habib going to the judges table and it was his infamous um 
flight toward Dylan oh, Dennis. That's right. <laughs> the internet funny, was a dude. very fun place to watch. If I'm not gonna, I'm not lying. <laughs> it was a good night to be making memes. That's funny, man. Let's talk some news, huh? So, okay. Charles Oliveira versus Justin Gaethje added to UFC 274 on May 7th. It's unclear who's the main event, but you do know they are paired up with Glover Teixeira versus Jiri Prohashka on the main card. So you have the two Brazilian champions. Obviously, Charles, 10-fight win streak, just beat Dustin Poirier, great run. Gaethje coming off the fight of the year against Michael Chandler. Everyone kind of said there's no-brainer. He's the biggest name on a run, just had a great fight. He, he was the de facto number one contender. This has been clear. It's not clear who is the main event. I'm not going to lie to you, Natalie. It's almost one where I kind of don't care. I think that for the name recognition, you could probably, it'll probably be Charles versus uh, Justin. But then again, when you talk about how long Glover's been at it and just the, you know, like, I, I, I'm not sure why they don't ask Jiri to do more stuff, but. He's kind of like the light heavyweight Hamzat. I mean, this guy has fought twice in UFC, and no one's even saying anything about him getting a title shot. Everyone's just already locked into it, pretty much. I, I think that um either one headlining is going to be just fine. I don't think anyone should feel slighted. But the only thing is that it looks like COVID is moving this one from Brazil to the United States, which is obviously a blow. So, uh, yeah thoughts yeah so that's a bummer because you know we talked about last week the last the last international card they had was in brazil they had to you know keep all the fans out because covid was just starting to really make itself known this would have been great for glover for glover to fight in brazil of course to defend his his newly uh won belt and so if it had stayed in brazil i would have said you have to give it to glover the main event, right? Out of respect for all he's done, veteran, all that good stuff. Since it's going to be back in the U.S., eh, it doesn't matter, like you said at the beginning. And that, in that instance, I don't care. And then um, my next question is going to be, as always, the pairing on pay-per-view. Because I always feel like... It, sometimes it feels like the recipe is very interesting. Because I think that sometimes... Um, the way they break down the matchups and who's on which one, like it, it almost felt, for example, repetitive when you had Max Holloway and Kamaru back to back cards together. You know what I mean? Like yeah. for Fight Island and from the Colby Covington, Alex Volkanovsky card. I like, to be honest, the entire flow of that because I feel like they're going to stack it a bit. But I like just the pairing because, you know, you're going to have a really respectful Great fight, great excitement, possibly, with Glover and Jiri. And then, honestly, like, when we get to fight night, uh, Charles and Gaethje is very similar to Charles and Dustin. I think that it's, you got a great arsenal offensively between them, that it's a who's who by the time you get in that cage, that I just, uh, I think the pairing is perfect. I, I like the fight. I think that with a strong undercard, you're getting your money's worth out of the pay-per-view. You know what I mean? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, even if these are those fights where these two, these two, these two matchups, and that's all you need. The rest, of course, you hope for exciting stuff, but if you don't get it, you're really just tuning in for these guys at the top. Where do you think it's going to end up? 
Where in the U.S.? Yes. Oh. Do you think it's worth a, a T-Mobile in Vegas? Is that big enough? Absolutely. I think that's fine. I think because what we're hearing is April pay-per-view in Jacksonville. Uh, March is already in Vegas. So I think that uh, they could do it. I don't know. I feel like Houston is very possible in May. You know, mm. like Houston's in two weeks from now. Uh, is that good? I think by the time it rolls around, will it feel like enough time? Possibly. I mean, I think they did May to August last year. So maybe that's a good time to go to Houston. There's Arizona. I personally would love them to come to Los Angeles and <laughs> Crypto Arena and selfishly so I could sleep in my own bed. Yeah. But um, I don't know. You could really do a lot of different things with this, huh? Yeah, it's a uh, it's a juicy one to sort of take your pick in this uh, in this COVID world. Like you have a lot of options, but not so many that it's overwhelming. It's just like okay, there's only a few states where we can go. <laughs> let's uh, let's just pick the one that we haven't been to most recently. My hope is Los Angeles. I will say I believe eventually when it's all said and done, it'll actually be in uh, Texas or Arizona. I don't okay. think they'll go back to Vegas because I think Vegas is already busy enough that you almost don't want to hit that button too many times, even though they do it a lot for the T-Mobile. Yeah, makes sense. You probably want to save that for uh, Conor McGregor's return, whenever that is. Exactly, you know. That, that you know that'll that's its own main event somewhere big yeah. so yeah um in other news there's a lot of little stuff floating around but the one i thought we could talk about cowboy Cerrone returning to take on joe lozon on april 30th i believe that's expected to be a fight night um let's say it like it is cowboy is 0 and 5 since 2019 lozon uh he's been away for 26 months he was uh, on a one in three stretch prior to leaving. Um, I didn't see a reason why he's been out. I believe part of it is injury. Part of it is a little voluntary. Um, I don't know if it's going to be the last one for Lozon, but you'll remember Dana White said that he doesn't want Cowboy to fight again and then eventually said, I'm going to give Cowboy one more fight with the understanding that this is his last fight, you know, period. And similar to, he kind of had the same thing with Anderson Silva. But yeah. um, long story short, uh, probably if you followed UFC from like late 2000s, like 2008 through 2015, it, there was no missing Cowboy. There's no missing Joe Lozon. Between them, they have, I don't have the number, but it's got to be like over 50 UFC fights probably. Um Assuming this is the end for both of them, in the UFC at least, they could go fight somewhere else, Eagle or otherwise, but yeah. let's say this is it. What are your thoughts on this one coming together? This is this is, this is is a great one. I mean, it was great when it was Donald Cerrone versus Diego Sanchez, right? We all know why that fell through. And so this is a, a great, you know, r runner-up, a great replacement, I should say, for that that fight with Cerrone and Diego Sanchez, who we thought were going to walk off into the sunset after that fight. And so if Dana sticks to his word, you know, Donald Cerrone will do that now in April against Joe Lozon. And um, I, you can't complain. I mean, this is 
another pairing of two dudes that like to stand in the middle of the, of the cage and just scrap. That's why they became legends. You know, that's why they have such, uh, you know, great stats. Uh, at least definitely doubt when Cowboy Cerrone does with, you know, finishes and bonuses and submissions, all that stuff. So these are two guys that know how to entertain, that love to entertain. And I think they're going to bring it. Now, you know, when we look at Donald Cerrone's record 0-5 since 2019, Okay, that's a that's a hard record, right? The, that's a, a tough pill to swallow for John Cerrone. But we got to remember that lightweight division was starting to boil over with talent at the top five, and that's who he was up against. Like, he didn't back away from anybody, and he fought the best of the best. So it's one of those those you know records that you have to kind of put an asterisk next to and say, okay, he was a little bit on the decline, and these guys were like in their prime. So you know, it's a it, it looks worse than it was. Well, look, I mean, he, you look at the competition. I mean, look who he fought. He fought Justin Gaethje, I mean. Tony yeah. Ferguson, uh, Conor McGregor. Uh, he he wasn't fighting scrubs. He was fighting, let's be honest, at the time he fought him, he was fighting guys who were in the top three title conversation, uh, several of which at least Gaethje still is. So, yeah, no, no I, I completely agree with you. And then for Lozon, I mean... I almost feel like this is kind of like his last ride too. Like he has the perfect scenario where he's kind of finding an opponent equally exciting. Also his speed. Um, For Cowboy, you know, I always remember the stats like most wins in UFC history. And he was tied with Michael Bisping. And I think people weren't even acknowledging the fact that Bisping has like three or four more years in the UFC over Cowboy. And it's like, do you realize how active you got to be to make up that time? By the way, this happened while Bisping was still active, I think. So it's like they are still both adding. And it's like, you know, once again, how active do you got to be to make up three or four years of difference on, you know, in in number of fights? Not only fights, number of victories, because they didn't all go Cowboys way, even in the early days when he joined UFC. So. I mean, look, uh, he's uh, he's one of those guys that it's he's kind of like it's very hard to see somebody taking the torch at this stage of their career the way he has. I mean, even Kevin Holland is like Dana White said, oh, well, Kevin Holland slowed down and now he knows he's got to work his wrestling. It's like Donald Cerrone didn't care about learning his wrestling. (laughs) <laughs> Win or lose, Donald Cerrone was going to go out there. Yeah. So, you know, and look, I mean, you've heard guys talk about it. you got to make business decisions. You need wins. You need to make sure you're recuperating and giving. You want to put yourself in the best position to get the W in a sport that's already so unpredictable. I get it. This makes a guy like Cowboy so much more rare. And a reason why I'm glad they are kind of honoring that with a great fight that if this is it, you know what? I think everyone's going to just be a cowboy for the day. They're going to buy a straw hat that they know they'll never wear again just so they could tip it on April 30th. And same for Joe Lozon. I mean, that dude, I think they said among the most bonuses, like performance bonuses ever, like before they called it performance, like when it was actually submission or knockout bonus of the night. uh, I think that that's uh, perfect. I think UFC just, uh, they got it right. I can't say that enough. They got this one right. Yeah, they did. And they're doing right by both of these these legends, too, by matching them up. It's it's the perfect 
the perfect matchup. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, I'll say this, fingers crossed. I hope they both make it to fight night, obviously, and everything's good and they keep it together. A uh, couple other little hits. Um, Dana White spoke with Laura Senko for the ESPN Plus um, special Q&A. Uh, very, you'll notice it doesn't exactly happen like on a set schedule. Like It might be like technically every quarter, but it's not like it happens after every pay-per-view or et cetera, et cetera. So people had some thoughts like, oh, you know, like, well, we didn't get Dana after 270. This kind of seems like an intriguing time to have it. But look, let's say it. Dana White addressed the elephant in the room. Why wasn't he there? Why didn't he put the belt on Francis? And he said, look, um, I actually left before the main... I think he said it might have been before the main event. It might have been during the co-main. But the fact is, he left before it was over to take care of something urgent backstage. Mm -hmm. And that's why he was not there to put the belt on Francis. Nor was he at... You know, he was taking care of things at the time when he would have done the post-fight press conference what was your reaction i mean that's an easy answer that nobody can like verify yeah thank you for the word verify it's like oh i had something important to do that's kind of what we joked about last week but yeah okay it's just we're just gonna take you at your word right like what is so important what is happening that's so important at 9 p.m on a saturday night that you gotta leave you know, cage side of a main event for your, your like your two heavyweights unification bout. I just can't think of what's so important. And like, doesn't he have people that can like handle it or at least tied off whoever's on the other end of the problem and say, Hey, he'll be with you in an hour. Like <laughs> that's, what's weird to me. That's is that like, you really like, there's nobody else that can go put out this fire. It's strange. So, I'm going to acknowledge this. I mean, being the boss comes with responsibilities that we are not always privy to. Okay, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Could he very well have been doing something? That is also very fair. Um, What's the truth? I really don't know. I kind of need Dana White to spill the tea so I can be like, okay, this isn't personal. You were right. I'm not going to ever find out what that actually was, I don't think. But I'd just like to say that's how I feel from here. Um... Then I think about the optics. I mean, for crying out loud, Habib took flight after fighting Conor McGregor and Dana White was still there for that. I mean, if that's not a backstage situation, you tell me what is at a UFC event, right? Uh Um, So, and then we know the stuff that we already said last week, you know, they've been critical and uh, how does he feel about (laughs) this or that and, you know, contract negotiations and Francis's management. Um, does it look good? No. Do I firmly believe there's something that could possibly have been keeping Dana out of the cage and at the press conference? I also think that is very possible. Let's not act like this is unheard of, etc., etc. So, I will acknowledge it to say, I think that if we see things move in a positive direction in the next few months, I'm more likely to believe Dana. Um... If things can, you know, say, fall apart at the negotiating table to our knowledge, then I might probably say our suspicions might be true. 
But I will say that uh, I don't think, I think we need more clues before we say, you know, what could actually be it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, did Lorisenko ask him what was the thing? No, he, <laughs> did she try? he, he brought it up himself. <laughs> no, I mean, I, like... I give him credit. No, 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 she did not. She did not ask the question. She was... Okay, I'm, that that was why people found it a little iffy, because remember that when this is not a press conference, this is a UFC employee. I mean, the, the line between UFC and ESPN is very, is very vague. You know, sometimes they are, sometimes they're two distinct different entities, right? Yeah. But, um... It was very, I think people, you could have bet money that there's not going to be a, quote, fan question submitted that says, oh, Dana, why weren't you there? And so Laura did not, she was, he was queued up for something else from Laura, and he decided to give his side himself. He did not have to, he did it of his own volition. Well, I mean, did she ask him, follow up and say, okay, so what was the thing? No, she, she did not. She did not follow up. Yeah. She did ask, well, I think a lot of people were curious about that. She acknowledged <laughs> that it's like, I didn't have that question, but I know a lot of people want to know. Yeah, yeah. So that's fair. I mean, once again, to be determined. I <laughs> hope this is, we will get, I think, another sign sooner rather than later. The next one, uh, Jan Blahovich versus Alexander Rakic is off the March 26th card. Uh, Jan got an injury. You know what? Uh, let's just play a little, you know, uh, Christmas in January. Who do you want to be the new main event? And remember, it's their first fight night that's not in uh, Jacksonville since uh, May 2020, the original pandemic. Or Fight Island, by the way, for that matter. Fight nights have only been Apex, Jackson, and oh, Fight boy. Island. Yeah. Main event for March 26th. Yeah. Oh. Any division? Any division. Jeepers. I'm going to give you one. Okay. Hamza Gilbert Burns. Oh, okay. That was fast. (laughs) This might have come up on a Slack chat somewhere else, but (laughs) I was like, you know what? I would like it. I really would. Any, uh, I'm looking at the female division here. Any, uh, Holly Holm, what's she up to? She's still trying to fight for the belt. I'd like to see her back. Uh, does Aspen lad have... I think Aspen got rebooked. Mm. I would have said Holly and Aspen. Holly Ger- uh, Holly Germain. Yeah, Holly Germain. This one isn't really like... Doesn't seem like the right timing for Misha Tate, but Holly Holm, Misha Tate. I mean, maybe you want to say that one for yeah. a, you know somewhere on a pay-per-view card, but I can see that as a main event. Remember, they're talking about uh, Misha and Lauren Murphy in, oh. I think, May. Okay. By the way, because they moved it to May because Misha Tate is going into the Big Brother house in about two hours from now on CBS. Oh, wow. The reality show, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the show. <laughs> is um, I could never watch more than five minutes of that show. I really I really tried, but it just um, you're just watching people sit around. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of need to... If they're not doing a challenge... If, if people aren't doing a challenge, I lose interest pretty quick and even then i may if i'm not invested i don't really care whether you complete your obstacle course before the next one all the time you know 
Is this like an athlete one, like it's at loan or something? Or is it's it like just... Celebrity Big Brother, so she's okay. not the only. Pu- there, it's all public figures. I mean, you gotta get that cash. One so. of the NSYNC guys, I think. I just saw the commercial a little while ago during the football game, but yeah. Oh yeah, the Rams are losing. Okay. Uh, don't bring it up. <laughs> I really thought Mahomes was gonna get it for the Chiefs. I wanted Chiefs Rams Super Bowl, but oh well. Rams could still come back. Anyway. <laughs> um, but no, uh, you know what? Yeah, I like Burns Hamzat. I think Holly Germain on the schedule would work. Oh, Joanna Whaley. Oh, my goodness. Do you think, wow, that's why a not? big one. That's why a big not? One. Uh, we're, we're having fun, right? Yeah, why the heck not? Joanna yeah, Whaley. Um, who else? Uh, oh, let's say they're healthy. Stipe Derek Lewis. Oh, my goodness. I don't think Derek would take it because he's already stepping up short notice to go back to Houston. But, you know, why not? Um, uh, hey, Stipe Surreal gone. Oh. Boom. Ohio. A, hey, it's in Ohio. That's a tough one. Oh, my goodness. Stipe Surreal. Yeah, there we go. Stipe Surreal gone. The new Columbus main event. Would it be on big ESPN or just... Uh... ESPN Plus. Oh, you're talking to the wrong person for that information. <laughs> I don't, I don't keep know. up with it that much. Well, I'm just saying because if it was Steve Cyril, like you'd want to get some ratings on that, you know? It's true. I mean, they could, they'd obviously want that on a pay-per-view, but wh- why not? Let us why have not? good things, yes. They got to throw some bones to the to the free the free TVs, you know? All these fights, I truly believe, will most likely end up to bolster a pay-per-view, from being honest, but no, I want my, you know... I want my dreams to come true. I'm going to just call it Stipe Surreal, the new March 26th main event. Okay. Calling it. Book it. Sean <laughs> Shelby, you you got my number. Anyway, uh, final one before we talk about uh, Hermanson Strickland. Ronda Rousey returning to the WWE four months after giving birth to her daughter. Um, she won. She, so uh, for like myself who needed to Google and read these things, r- WWE has a big pay-per-view and they kind of theme it with different stuff but last night was the Royal Rumble where there's like a 30 person 30 person field for the women and then later 30 for the men and it's like a free-for-all one reign supreme and they're for sure going to be competing on a big card or sorry big event for WWE later. Ronda surprised everybody she was like person number 28 she beat Charlotte Flair and now she's she points at the WrestleMania sign, which means nothing. <laughs> they say nothing. It's just implied, oh, they're going to be at WrestleMania. What do we know about it? Nothing. That's why they keep showing up on <laughs> WWE on cable until WrestleMania. Um, You know what? I, I always say this. I would rather... Uh, I think that if Ronda Rousey were to just have disappeared and like she's just on Twitch and running her farm. She has full right to do that. She can do whatever she wants. I would hate though, like this person who is so electrifying and entertaining to just kind of disappear randomly when I feel like she could still do and entertain so much. And you know, I think we all kind of knew that her heart really wasn't into continuing the grind of MMA, but we know she's a great athlete. I, Personally, you know what, Rhonda, good for you. I hope it goes well. I'm glad to see you back on TV uh, scowling 
and kicking <laughs> butt and doing your thing. That's her oh, thing. Right. It's not an it's that that's her thing. No, no, I'm laughing. She does it to she, everybody. Yes, you say a little, you know, with a little bit of I don't know. You're not a fan of wrestling, I can tell. <laughs> something, Listen, something like that. In the old days, when it was called WWF, and I was a young lass. Okay, uh, I am young enough to remember WWF too. Come on now. Okay, <laughs> old enough. Okay, well, you know, look, I didn't have cable growing up. Lived in Montebello, California, which is 10 minutes from downtown L.A. No cable. And uh, every once a month, my mom would take me to the video store. You know, it wasn't even Blockbuster. And I would rent SummerSlam, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, and we would watch them. And that's how I got my WWF. So I was a fan as a kid. You know, I, I dropped out during the Steve, uh, the Stone Cold uh, Rock era, which, you know, probably was not smart of me. But anyway. Even I know that's a good era, and I don't even follow this. I just hear other people say yeah, that exactly. was a good era. That was a good era, but I was, you know, it's too cool. I was okay. To... <laughs> okay, fair, fair. I was watching 90210. But in any case, <laughs> Ronda Rousey brought me back to WWE. I, I, I paid, you know, whatever the membership is for a whole year that she was on, and as soon as she, she was done, I canceled it. And now I have to get back on it because I love Ronda Rousey, man. I'm a huge fan. I'm excited that she's back. I told my husband last night, oh, my God, Ronda Rousey's back. And he said, who cares? <laughs> <sighs> or so what? One of those. Either one hurt me. I was like, no, she's back. She's so good. And then I was like, wait a minute. Didn't she just have a baby? How long ago did she have a baby? So four months is is, is shocking. I saw a picture today. It, but and it's shocking, not in a bad way. Like, oh, my God, good for you. You know, that's amazing. I saw a picture today of her in the makeup chair for WWE pumping milk for her child while she was getting her hair done. And I was like, damn, okay, man, that's, that's hardcore. The, the comment, um, I think she posted also was, was of something to the effect of as soon as I knew I was pregnant and I figured out my due date, I was just thinking like, how soon can I get back to WWE? I miss it. I love it. And, uh, something about, you know, wanting to, do just like her mom did, which is, you know, get back into fulfilling, living out her dreams, you know, while being a mom. Look, man, that ain't easy to do. And if you think about just the regular folks who have jobs, you have a kid, six weeks later, you got to go back to work. So, you know, four months, hey, that's kind of a long time for the average Joe, average uh, lady Joe. Um, all that is to say, good for her. She's having fun. I'm excited to see her. Um, the pointing at WrestleMania sign cracks me up because, you know. It's they all to, do it. <laughs> it's meant to be really dramatic, but I just kind of laugh at it, especially when she did it the, her first time around. She just she just kept pointing and pointing at it, and she hadn't said a word on the mic yet, and nobody knew if she could be good on the mic or anything. I heard she, like, completely missed the sign. Is that true? I, I don't We have know. to go I back and watch, but I think they said it's like she... I think she got turned around, but technically she was just pointing at the rafter, not the sign. Man, that anyway. stuff's got to be really, you know, overwhelming and the adrenaline and all that stuff. Look, Ronda Rousey did great things in MMA, but we all know what happened. She just got out, you know. Um, yeah, well, we remember. Yeah, you know, you don't need to tell me. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't need to tell you. But, but in wrestling, man, she was really, really good. She was competitive. Now, it doesn't matter that it's all scripted because she's still doing the things. That that stuff's really happening to her body. She's flying through the air. She's jumping off the ropes. The ropes. She's getting thrown off the out of the ring onto the mat. Like that hurts. Did you see when Charlotte Flair beat her senseless with like a bamboo stick? I mean, 
that stuff is real. They know how to do it so they don't get as hurt as a regular person would. But this is, you know, this is athleticism. This is like injuring your body. This is not just, uh, you know, cartoon stuff. So in any case, I'm excited. I like to give Ronda Rousey uh, uh, props and credit whenever I can. So so that's my uh, five minutes on the soapbox there. I mean, I don't really have more to add. Yeah, I will say <laughs> this. Um, I remember the last time, like, not only was Ronda all in, but, like, for such a private person, and I will acknowledge, like, one thing that I've heard a lot of really, like, devout people admire about WWE is their commitment to growing the female performers, mm-hmm. the female wrestlers. And part of that was, like, the shows like The Total Divas on E!, and obviously the one Total Bellas that follows the Bella Twins who were yeah. popular too. But they're like, that has opened up and just grown, raised their profile so much because it's such a crossover kind of thing for them to be on a network like E! as opposed to, let's say, the same channel that WWE is on. USA, Fox, you know, what, what have you. And Ronda committed to being on the show. And we know how Ronda, you know, let's... Keep it like it is. She likes to go out there, put on a show, and go home and, you know, not really share too much, which is fine. But I think to participate in something like that, that shows she was in for the long haul. And so to see her be a part of wrestling, it sounds like she's already going to be on TV tomorrow night. Good for her. I mean, look, uh, I wish she'd, uh, I wish she'd just show up and talk about more MMA with us because it's like, People would love to hear what's going on. People would love to hear her thoughts. You know, whether you feel like, you know, she's over it or not, people would love to know because it's Rhonda. I'll leave it yeah, at that. Yeah, man. I wish she would come to peace with, with her MMA career and just say, like, I did great things and then I got outclassed and that's okay. And I wish she could just come to terms with that and embrace it and just be like, you know, thanks for the ride. And, you know, it was what it was. I feel like there's still bitterness there, and so we may not see her on this side of the of uh, of the world, but that's okay. It'll be a minute, but it's all right. Yeah. Um. Let's talk about this coming Saturday's fight. Uh, Sean Strickland's Wild World taking on Jack the Joker Hermanson, who we just saw, I believe, in December. Uh, somehow grappling Hamza Chimaev in a cage, <laughs> and that somehow made it onto the internet. You know. You'd think that would get money somewhere. <laughs> anyway, um, look, uh, Jack, I think the biggest thing I think about going into the fight for Jack Hermanson, even though he's been alternated wins and losses, I think people forget that he's kind of had a bit of a tough schedule, and he was right there going into his fight with Jared Cannonier in 2019. You know, so he loses the fight, I believe subs Kelvin, then changes opponent and... People don't talk about it because we also had Joanna versus Wei Li and Moreno versus Figueredo one. But him and Vittori beat the daylight out of each other, too, in 2020. And that one went Vittori's way. But that was a competitive. That's just a great fight. So I think that people might be sleeping on Jack's standing in the middleweight division. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who could very easily leap into that title picture if he looks good on Saturday. Sean Strickland, uh, you know, some people in this life seem to be walking to the beat of their own drum. He's the guy walking to the beat of the trumpet. (laughs) Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. 
I don't need to th- go listen to his interviews. I'm gonna. I'm not even gonna expand on that. But man, is he exciting! I thought that he really showed a lot in his fight with Uriah Hall. We know he's tough. We know he's a strong, you know, middleweight, uh, a, a taller guy, longer. And I think that his ability to, you know, keep that forward pressure, and also, you know, his defense. He doesn't leave as many openings as I think you expect a guy who talks in the cage and kind of you know, does what he does. He's a very awkward guy to deal with, but he, his timing and his shot selection really were what got the job done. And I think that when you factor in his physicality, that's why he's on a five-fight win streak, and that's why some of these experienced guys have had trouble dealing with Sean. Now, I think the big thing is going to be for Jack personally. Well, actually, you know, I'll toss it to you before I give my predictions. Go ahead. Yeah, um... Here's what I like about Sean Strickland. He he fights like super chill. Like he's he's very effective, but he doesn't he's also very efficient with his movement. He almost looks like he's too relaxed, but and he's got those long rangey arms, but when he when he he hits you, it stings. It hurts you. And I just really like his his stand up. Now he's good on the ground too, of course. And uh, who did he submit? Was it David Branch? I can't remember now. Uh, yeah, I think, oh no, that was for Manson. In any case, um, what we have here is a pretty good matchup. Like, I think in my eyes, it's evenly matched. Jack Hermanson, also great on the ground. And then they both, you know, can hold their own on the feet. I think Sean Strickland better on the feet than, than Jack Hermanson. But I think of Jack Hermanson as a wild man, you know, the way he, he finishes his fights, he's screaming, ah, all that stuff. So all that is to say, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to let you pick first, but. I think we're going to see uh, like almost close to a full full, uh, full main event fight. You know, I don't think there's going to be anything happening right at the beginning because these guys are both really good and I think they can sort of neutralize each other. But uh, you can go ahead and make your pick first. So when I break it down, I think that a Sean Strickland victory looks a, similar to what he did to Uriah Hall. I think you just kind of walk into him. I think you don't allow Jack to set up. And you kind of try to keep Jack on his heels as often as possible. And, um, you know, look, he's a big, strong guy. So is Jack. But I think that Sean is actually filled out pretty good to the middleweight division since he stopped going back and forth from his, you know, the last from before his accident, I believe in like 2018, 2019. Um, So, look, just keep doing your thing. Attack the legs. And I think that more opportunities to land the hands will happen if you're Sean. And I think that's also going to be how you hamper the mobility of a guy like Hermanson, who's also very tough. For Jack, you just have to get some stops. And what I mean by that is you can't have Sean Strickland continuing that march forward. And that's going to be one of the more tougher things for it. You know, he's got a bit of that, you know, 1.0 Justin Gaethje, Nick Diaz style to him. He's just very good at minimizing the damage while... like a Diaz brother, just kind of touching you a bit and accumulating that until he could really let him go. All right, that's all good. Jack, I mean, you got to go after it with the full arsenal. You got to use your kicks. You got to get in there and get that fight, get him onto his back so you can really just neutralize a lot of those weapons that Sean Strickland has used very effectively in recent years. Um... I think that Jack's got the skill set to do it. 
I think that Sean Strickland's writing a lot of hype and confidence right now that if he gets in there and gets, you know, it's, he starts building momentum, I could see it being a more difficult fight for Jack. But this is still a very pick'em fight. I think that it's a great, great spot for them. <sighs> I am going to go with... This is another one where I, like, I made the cases too good and I'm rethinking. <laughs> like, I had a pick when I went into the show and then I, I start talking and I'm like, wait yep. a minute. You know what? I think that Strickland's physicality is just going to just gonna get the job done i think he's just gonna be able to get in there for a few more shots and like you said i I predict a long fight also jack is no pushover but i think that strickland's just gonna get a couple more shots in he could get the damage and get the finish but i actually think it's gonna be another five rounder but uh decision for strickland oh okay uh yeah i don't see it going to the judges but i think it's gonna be like round four I do think Strickland's gonna just be um, over, just be more dominant over time. So I think he's gonna finish TKO uh, round four. Okay, there we have it. We are in accordance. We have a Strickland victory. Um, obviously, we'll be recapping that action next week. And Natalie, can you believe it? We are already back at another UFC pay per view. Um, we got a big double header. Obviously, the uh, I'll get more into it, but Adesanya and Whitaker. There's so many little intricacies to this one, the rematch, that make it very fun to talk about. And then you got Derek Lewis and Tai Tuivasa, which is like you know, you you get to talk to Leonardo of the Ninja Turtles, but then right before <laughs> that, you're gonna be hanging out with Michelangelo, and it's just party animals. Are we going to do a shooey? Are we going to talk about Popeyes? I don't know, but it's just going to be so much fun. You know what I mean? Dude, I'm super excited for this fight. I think, yeah, I think Derek Lewis might be in a little bit of trouble. Tai Tuivasa's got that, riding that that confidence wave. And um, I don't know, this could be interesting. This is definitely like, you know, I always make that like Ryu um, and Ken. Ken reference from Street Fighter. But I like your Trinity Ninja Turtle one because it's, yeah, it's like... Uh, <laughs> Two different party animals coming together. You got a cerebral main event, and then the co-main event is just, (laughs) you know, like, let's just cut loose. Yeah, exactly. I I will say this now. This isn't going to be my pick on next week, but I would be so happy if they got a double KO, Derek and Ty. Just because I don't want either of them to lose. It's like, oh, why, why why does one of them got to take an L in this kind of fight? <laughs> yeah, <You> exactly. <laughs> like, nah, just double KO. They wake up, they have some, you know, beer and chicken and that's it, man. Come on, you know, <laughs> that that's what I want. But no, look, I, I'm very, I'm looking forward to what they might have to say throughout the week. But we'll obviously get into that predictions, breakdowns and talk about the news next week. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you as always for tuning in, and until then, enjoy the fights. Have a good one.